because you're jumping back into the gut. All right. Hey, Coach. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Oliver. I appreciate you joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit basketballimmersion.com for more coaching resources and access to all the basketball podcasts. I hope you will give us a shout out on social media, on Twitter at Bball Immersion, or on Instagram at Basketball Immersion to help me continue to share the game. Enjoy the episode. Coaches, real treat today. We're joined by NBA life and optimization coach, David Nurse, who has helped over 150 NBA players with their personal and professional development, both on and off the court. And uh, really excited to talk to him about a whole bunch of topics. And uh, first off, David has also a book out called Pivot and Go, and it is a compelling hands-on blueprint to changing course and leading the life you want to live today. And, uh, you know, Dave, first off, welcome to the podcast. Chris, thank you very much for having me on here, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of your podcast, so it's an honor to be on. Well, I've followed your social media for a while and, and certainly got a little bit of perspective on what you do, but I'm really excited to dive deeper because I think often people don't understand what a life coach is, or in this case, a life and optimization coach. So maybe just let's start there. What is a life coach? Yeah, so it's a term. I use life coach. I use life optimization, actually, because it's literally the the thing that I have done in my past is, is working with NBA players, working with athletes, but it's so much more than that. And for everybody in every walk of life, it's how do we live to become the best versions of ourselves? So that is the epitome of what a life coach is. And it's kind of a term that's been thrown around where anybody will just slap it on and say, hey, I'm a life coach. Yeah, maybe, but what I like to take it to another level and call it life optimization because we're not just coaching you through life. We're going to optimize your life. Well, I love that, and I love, and we're going to get into a bunch of phrasing, I imagine, in this, uh, yeah. which is part of the beauty of these conversations. Is sometimes it's just a different way of phrasing things. So I love that. Uh, with that, then one of the main focuses of everything that you share is about habit change. Can you first maybe talk about what is a habit? Yep. So. Great point. A habit is the foundation. So the habit is the starting point. Now, even before that, you have to have a spark. A spark is what's going to trigger your want to. Like you're going to want to actually change, actually do something, make this what I call these pivots, these small turns of perspective. So the habit is like imagine a house. It's like the foundation. It's the core. It's the center. It's what everything is built upon. Now, habits are great, but it's it's about doing the habits day after day, after day, to make it a lifestyle, to make it a routine, to make it to the point where you have all these different habits in your life, but they're just seamlessly just flowing through your subconscious mind and you're just doing it. You're that person that is, you know, those people that you're around that you just like, man, it's infectious with joy, encouragement to someone that you want to be like. It's because they have built these habits and done them day after day, after day to what a term I call relentless consistency. So long answer short, a habit is the foundation for the life that you want to live. And we can have good habits. We can have bad habits. And I guess the question is, how do we fall into this formation of bad habits when sometimes we even know it's a bad habit, but then we continue on with it? Why is that? Yeah, it's comfortable. It's easy. And that's the biggest thing when, when you have a bad habit and you continue to do this bad habit time and time again, because 
it doesn't matter if you're doing the it's the right thing or it's the wrong thing, good habit, bad habit, you're creating muscle memory through every repetition, through every day that you do. And this muscle memory is created through the myelin that's wrapping around in our brain. So once you do this bad habit time after time after time, it becomes really difficult to get out of that bad habit. And it doesn't just happen overnight. That's like when I'm working with NBA players, I'd rather have somebody who is more new to the game is more like clay that I can mold whether than someone who's been having these bad habits in their life for years and years. It's a lot harder to change. So it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a really comfy bed. Like you get into that bad habit, that really comfy bed, and it's really hard to get out of it. That's why these, these habits, these different pivots, not huge changes because nothing's going to happen. Just huge daunting change overnight, but small pivots on a 1%, I call it the 1% mentality, day after day after day, that's going to get you out of your habit or out of your bad habit and direct and going uh, up towards your good habit that you want to create. Well, and we're going to come back to this one percenter and we're going to talk about a bunch of these things. And my first exposure to kind of a deep dive on this was through Alan Dushman's book, Change or Die. And I'm not sure if you've read it or not, but the basic premise of it, which is kind of what you're talking about there is that even when people know it's a bad habit, nine out of 10 times, they won't change it just right. based on us giving them, you know, facts or fear, right? That's, that doesn't inspire change. So what truly inspires change? Yes. And that's, I'll have to read that book. That sounds amazing. What truly inspires change is if you go through some sort of pain. It's not just the facts because there's a huge difference between actually knowing and doing. We get thrown all this information at us and we can read all these books. But unless there's a pain point, unless there's that spark of something that really makes us feel like we have to change, a lot of us are just engraved in our minds that we're going to be comfortable. As, as much as I'd love everybody to just have that, what I call the addicted to learning mentality and just love to improve, most of it's not. It's the avoidance of pain that most of us do. And so we have to have that type of pain. That is the spark that is going to make you change. Now, you also have to have what your purpose for change is. Now, if this change is just for yourself, it'll probably, you'll probably do it and it'll probably burn out after a while. But if you're changing, you're doing it, having to change for a bigger purpose for somebody else, for your kids, whatever it might be, that's going to drive it a lot further than if it's just for yourself. Because even like, let's say your change is something you want to get out of this this job that you have that you felt stuck in for years and and you don't feel like doing it. Like you, you're comfortable in where you're at and you can get by, but you feel that pain of, okay, what are my kids going to think? Like, how can I leave a legacy to my kids? How can I inspire, motivate my my kids in being able to make this this change and then actually actually do and do and do instead of just take all this information in and, and know and sit on it and not take that risk. So it's, yeah, people don't, People don't change until they have a pain point and until they they take this step off this cliff and, and just hope that their wings are going to grow and fly. And that's that's literally it, it's a risk. Chain, taking change is a risk. Well, and I want to circle back to that, especially as it relates to coaching. But, uh, you know, you're talking about forming a new emotional relationship, essentially, with mm -hmm. with whatever that habit might be. And uh, we're going to dive into some of those reasons and some of those ways. But maybe before that, even let's start with what are some common examples of habits that need changing by an NBA player? Yeah, a lot of it's in their shot. 
So the, the first thing that I'll look at with, with players, it will be their skill sets and depending on what their strength is. So let's say a player has to improve their shot. A lot of the times it'll be the basic, the, the fundamentals, the mechanics. So for a basketball player, if you want to have a great shot, one guy that I've worked a lot with and grew up with in Iowa is Kyle Korver. So I just basically have people try to mold and look and, and basically emulate what Kyle does with his shot, his mechanics. And I mean, everybody's body's a little bit different in the NBA for sure. And so it's, it's going to be slightly tweaked to their customization. But, but the first thing is, is looking at, I mean, from the surface, this is the surface level change that you make is seeing where you can improve their shot, their mechanics, what they're honing in on their strength, how you, how you can take that strength of theirs and make it a little bit stronger. Because in the NBA, if you give me a player who's good in all areas, they're not playing in the NBA. But if you give me someone who's great, great in one area, they can have a long, long career. But deeper than that, the biggest issue and the biggest point where the biggest change is made is in the mindset. Mindset is 90% of development. The skills, especially for NBA players, they're all right there. Like it's so, so close. The difference of somebody playing and somebody being on the bench or not even being in the league. And that's where it comes down to mindset. And what a lot of people don't understand is we'll have routines, we'll have habits, uh, rituals for, for your on-court stuff that you're doing for your skill development. But not many people have habits for their mindset like daily things that they do to strengthen their mindset. And that's why a lot of players, a lot of people in general will waver based on their results and things are performance driven because that's what they see. Instead of focusing on their habits in the process, like they do on the court, they don't do it in shaping their mind. And that's, that's the biggest missing piece that athletes and I think a lot of us just don't, don't have. And it's so powerful. Well, I know the frustration as a coach because we see great players, we see okay players forming habits in terms of their physical routine, right? Their dribbling routine, their shooting routine, whatever that is. But then we don't often see those same habits formed off the court. And it seems to me that it should be, if they can do a really, they can create a really good routine on the court, they should be able to create one off the court. So what is that disconnect between on the court routine and off the court routine? Yeah, I think a lot of it's just people just don't, they just don't know. I mean, we've all grown up, you know, but hey, this is what you have to, your routine is on the court and it's what they see. It's what they can actually do. It's a tangible thing, but the mindset is kind of, okay, where is that? Like, how do you do it? I just, I honestly think a lot of people don't know. Like I've been talking to NBA teams about it, about consulting for them on this aspect. And most of them don't even, they don't even realize how important it is. So it's the first is the realization of how powerful that it can be and actually implementing some of these habits and doing them and seeing that they work. And then that, that momentum builds momentum. Like that's the compounding effect is the most powerful thing a mind can have. And when you can see the success driven through your mindset development, you're going to want more and more and more. And it all comes back to these points. We're talking about these habits become this rhythm, become this relentless consistency lifestyle that you're living. But it's just I, I don't think a whole lot of people put as much importance on it because it's not as tangible and measurable. You can measure stats. You can see that. But you can't measure really how strong your mindset is becoming. 
So give us an example then of uh, a routine off the court, maybe a before bed routine, uh, because that's something that would apply to almost all players to a certain extent, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it, I'll give you the evening routine and one key. So I do a lot with what the optimization is about how do you enhance your sleep, but it's also about how you have a rhythm, a circadian rhythm with your, your lifestyle and your evening routine. And one big thing that that I have players do, and I have coaches do this a lot too, they struggle from this, is having a racing mind, a lot on their mind. That is a, a big uh, negative aspect of, of why you don't get great sleep. So before you go to sleep, you have a piece of paper by your bedstand, and you write down every thought that's on your mind. Write down everything that, that you have that's racing through your mind. Write it down. It's going to be there tomorrow when you wake up. You'll still have that. Like that'll be there, but you don't have to go to sleep with it. You don't have to carry that with you. You can it's it's basically like taking it off your chest. It's it's a weight off your shoulders if you don't have to go to sleep with this racing mind. So that's one big key with the evening routine, but there's a lot of different tools. I have like basically a whole tool belt of things that I'll give to players depending on what they need and have a seven steps to unshakable confidence and different affirmations that I'll have guys do at certain times. But another one, I'll give you an example is in the moment of the game, because this is where I found a lot of the struggle being is guys would go into this, into the game, they've done their visualization. And, and I'm really big on seeing the game happen before it actually takes place. Not just from first, first of all, from the perspective of everything that you want to have happen. So you see it that way, but also you watch again through a lens of things go crazy, things go haywire, because there's always going to be that type of stuff that's throwing us off our game and, and being able to watch the game that way too. So you know when those times come, how you can counteract that. But one big thing that I would find is these players is during the game, like they go in there with a great mindset, but during the game, things would get crazy. And how could they snap back to that, that confidence, that unshakable mindset that we've been developing? And a tool that I use is a keyword. So it's just simply a word that you choose one word. Everybody can do this at any, any time. One word that whenever you say that word, it kicks you back into that mode where, okay, everything's okay. I'm even, even keel. Like I'm back in this confidence, self-aware, self-awareness mindset that I have. And so like one of my players, their the word will be unshakable. So if anything's going crazy, they'll say unshakable and they're like, okay, everything's good. It's just a, it's just a tool to be able to, to bring you back into that mindset that you've been developing. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of tools. I know I went, uh, went on a tangent that way of, of going actually into end games and, and having an evening routine and having a morning routine. But these tools are mindset tools that you build into your daily habits. So they don't, so they become basically second nature of what you're doing and who you become. Hey coach, a quick interruption from this episode for a mention from our supporters who without them, this podcast would not be possible. By using the links I mentioned in these advertisements, it enables me to continue providing this podcast for free for you. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR, that's ARMCHAIR in all capitals, to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. 
you're talking a little bit about manifestation. You're talking about feeling positive and creating this, this immersively, immersively imagining that the outcome is going to be positive for you. Uh, can you, can you talk about how we convince, you know, particularly in this example, NBA players, but just people in general, the value of manifesting the value of these positive thought processes. Man, that's such a good point. I can't even speak enough on the how how powerful this is. So we have, on average, 50,000 self-talk thoughts a day. 80% of those are negative. That's 40,000 negative self-talk thoughts floating through your mind throughout the day. That's that's crazy. But it is, it, it's this way because we wake up with this self-doubt. We question ourselves, imposter syndrome. Everybody feels that. But it's it's also because we hold ourselves back. We are the biggest defenders to ourselves of anybody. It's not what other people say. It's not other people holding us back. It's us holding us back because we're afraid to step out. We're afraid to to just to take that chance. We're afraid to make that leap. So it's 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 really difficult for people to be able to to understand this, like, Hey, you can speak something into existence and it can happen, but it's so powerful because like you start saying something and you start living in, that's who you are. You become that. So for example, for me, like I've always been associated with basketball. So anybody would say David nurse, NBA, David nurse, basketball coach. And that was my identity. That's what everybody saw as my identity. I wanted to become an author. I wanted to write a book. So I made a day, like one of my one of my mindset tools in, in the book Pivot and Go is, is voting for yourself. You vote for yourself daily. So I wrote down on a piece of paper every morning when I woke up, I wrote down New York Times bestselling author. Now, it hasn't hit that yet. We're still on, we're on trajectory to get there. But I wrote down author, David Nurse, author. And I lived in that. And I told people that that's what I was. That's who I was. And slowly over time, it wasn't anymore like David Nurse, just basketball. But people ask me, how's the book coming? And and how's this? And, and since then, I've been able. The book came out. Everything's flowing just the way because I manifest. I spoke it into existence. And a lot of us, we we struggle with just thinking, okay, it's for somebody else. It can't happen. But if you live in that, your mind is going to be trained in that. You're going to start thinking that's who you are. It's not a fake it till you make it type of thing. But you can you can be that thing that you want to have. It's going to take time. Nothing's going to happen overnight of it. And that's where that's the beauty of it all. Like everything we're talking about all comes back into one, all comes back into habits, all comes back into the 1% steps, all comes back into the the true self-awareness, confidence of believing that you have a God-given gift. But the only way that it gets held back is if you suppress it and you have the self-doubt and you let what others say your identity has to be is what defines you. But we, we get to make that decision every single, every single morning. We, we all wake up with that superhero power of choice and you get to make the choice of who you're going to be, who you're going to take steps towards being every single day. I imagine a lot of this has to do with helping your client or in our cases as coaches, helping one of our players become more vulnerable. They have yeah. to first become vulnerable before they can you know, embark on any of these habit changes, right? Absolutely. Vulnerability. I got a term victory goes to the vulnerable. And it's, it's so true because you can't help anybody if they're not willing to say where they need help. And one of the most 
refreshing things is when a player will just open up be like hey this is this is what i need this is where i need help and we all have to have this because we all put up these shields shields these masks that we're putting on these fronts that we're putting on but at the end of the day we all want to be vulnerable and we respect when other people are vulnerable but we're still scared to do it so with yeah without being vulnerable there's no way that you can fully you can fully make the change that you're you're actually desiring well, how can you help them? I mean, as coaches, we talk a lot about creating a safe environment so that they yeah. can be themselves. What are some other things that we can do? Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 all about showing your players that you care, that you're there to serve them. It's and, and that's why the, the best coaches in the NBA is these these guys like my uncle Nick Nurse in Toronto or a good friend of mine, Eric Spolstra, Brad Stevens. These guys are very relationship driven. So it's more driven than just the the on-court performance, what they're doing. They're not just a, another piece in the puzzle, but they're actually feeling this appreciation. And that is the word that, that everybody is seeking. We are seeking appreciation and validation over anything else. Whether you're in the, in the workforce, that means more. That drives more motivation than actual monetary dollars does. And so be, be able to actually appreciate people for who they are everybody's different. Letting these guys know, yes, create the safe environment, letting them know that you're there to serve them and then letting them know and showing them, showing them, living it, showing them that you want so much more for their, the best for their life. And that's where the whole life optimization comes into play and, and not just for, uh, just for results on the court. But really, I guess if you could sum it up, it's just ultimate genuine care. Love that. And uh, the other part that uh, strikes me is just that like habits it, by their nature are meant to be difficult to change, right? Like that's the whole point of a habit is it's something that we can repeat over and over again with very little thought. So knowing that, and I know you map out 29 days in your Pivot and Go book, which is great, but talk to us about that process along the way, because there's going to be immense struggle. And what are some ideas to be able to help your clients or us help our players while they're struggling to change the habit? Yes, great. And yeah, you're right. The habits are going to take time. And there's different days. I use 28 days and then 29 is to become that day where you make that choice to make it a lifestyle. Some say it's 66. It's going to be different for everybody. But there's tools to be able to make these habits Easier, and I'll give you an example of one of my one of my favorite tools that I use, and I call it mental dictatorship. So I I went around for it was like four years when I was training NBA guys, and I would carry a stopwatch with me, and whenever they it looked like they didn't want to start a workout or do something, that I'd hit the start stopwatch and see how long it took before they started getting the rhythm, getting the flow of it, and the number that on average kept coming up was seventeen seconds. So what this said is it takes our mind seventeen seconds. Until we, when we start something that we know we can get through this. So this is a great power of what a mental dictatorship. We control our mind of knowing that no matter what we're doing, if it's a difficult habit that we're about to start, if it's like for me, for example, I take a three minute ice cold shower every single morning. First thing I wake up, not because I love it. I hate it. I hate the, those first 17 seconds. They suck. They're terrible. But I know that once I get past that, it's fine. And it is fine. And then anything that I go through throughout my day that is, is going to be something that is daunting that I don't want to do, I know I have that power. I have that mindset of knowing it only takes 17 seconds and I'm going to be okay. So giving people tools 
like this to be able to use throughout their day. Another one of my favorite tools, and this is this is the one that we all have with us at all times. I'm a big, I'm a big believer on giving people actionable hows, not just not just the telling them the whys, but the actual hows and tools. So we all have our hands. They're all we all have our hands with us. So hands are a very powerful tool. And so I'm gonna take you through a little bit of my routine as well and what I teach my MBA players and and anybody that I work with. First thing when you wake up in the morning, you look at your hands. Okay, so you can see these hands probably have calluses on them, maybe cuts, all the grooves on them. You see everything that they have been through. And then you realize, okay, you've been through everything with these hands. You're going to get through the next thing. So that gives you a lot of confidence waking up in the morning at any difficult situation you're going to be able to get through. So then I walk by a, a mirror in, in my sink before I get to that shower. It's what I call the foggy mirror. This is the self-doubt. This is the imposter syndrome that we all wake up with to some extent, no matter what, we've all had this. So I literally just stand there and I take my hands and make this motion that I'm wiping away this fog on the mirror. I'm clearing this self-doubt and I'm going to live in the self-awareness, true confidence that I have instead of letting this this self-doubt, this foggy mirror dictate my day. So that's a very, it's, it's kind of like the power stance. You, I'm sure everybody's heard of the power stance where you stand in a, a powerful stance and it makes you feel more confident and powerful. Same thing. Use your hands, wipe away that self-doubt foggy mirror. And yeah, then also with your hands, you're going to be entering rooms. Maybe not as much now as normal, but it will get back to that. And every time you enter a room, you look at your hands and you say the word serve. So this takes a lot of, like, this is one of the, the most important tools you can do and it changed my life like literally saying the word serve it puts you in this service mentality so when you walk in that room it's no longer about you and what you can get from everybody else there but it's how you can serve and that takes a lot of pressure off any situation that you're in so saying the word serve every time you look every time you enter a room looking at your hands and our hands also we talk about the encouragement and my favorite player growing up who I always wanted to be like a Steve Nash. And he led the NBA in high fives, given 239 high fives a game. And everybody that I've talked to that's played with Steve, he was the best teammate they had because he was always high five. He was encouraging. He was positively picking people up and is just the best teammate. And we can all be that person. We can give these high fives, these, these Zoom air high fives. And one thing that I do every morning is I, I, I text or send a video message to three people. Three people. I probably haven't talked to them for a while. Just saying, hey, just thinking of you, encouraging you, and, and just being there for them. And, and the response that I've got from that has just been some people like, I just had ah, this changed my like I needed this so bad at this moment. And that's just by being an encourager, using these hands as your tool. So I know I said a lot there, but I think that the hands are a very powerful tool that we can all use at any time throughout our day. Well, I love that. I'm, I'm a big fan of specific examples. So I like that you gave us one. And uh, it relates to something that I read from one of your statements or one of your articles or something else. If you make it about you, you will never reach the spot where you want to be. Is yeah. that why you use the word serve, particularly when you walk into a room? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's both for my benefit, but it's for the benefit of others, too, because I find myself getting a lot more joy out of when I see the people that I've poured into succeeding. Like I get really, really juiced up when one of my NBA players, like Norm Powell is a guy that I've worked with for a long time. And he was going up and down and in and out of the lineup in the, in the last week. And we worked a lot on this mindset development, all these tools and more we, we've done together. 
in the last week before this season shut down, before they went to the bubble, he was Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Like that, like that juices me up, and that service mentality. And I've just seen it throughout everything that I've done in my life. Like when I am worried about myself and what I can get out of the conversation with somebody, or if I'm trying to feel like I'm using someone, or that I hate the term networking. I think that's a dirty term. People are just trying to use other people. No, serve, pour into people, give, give, give without expecting anything in return. And that, that is where the true joy is. And that's where everything ends up coming back to you in the end anyways. Uh, definitely a great reminder for coaches in, in our role, certainly with our athletes and with the people that we serve in our community, et cetera. So I like that. And uh, may, maybe just jumping a little bit, because I think people can hear your passion. It comes through with your voice and, uh, you know, I, I saw you just before this live and I can tell you're energized. So talk to us about how we can become more energized. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I would say coffee, lots and lots of coffee, but, but no, really, honestly, it's about having that, that purpose of what you're doing. Like what, what really just juices you up when you wake up in the morning? What is your, what is your hell? Yeah. That you're so excited about and having that, but also having a purpose with it, a purpose with the passion, passion alone, that's going to burn out, but you need purpose with the passion. Who are you doing it for? If you're only doing it for yourself, it's going to burn out. It won't be lasting. But if you're doing it for somebody else, that's when it will really have that that longevity in it. And it and and you know you're on a mission. So like I don't tell anybody that I have a job. I don't have a career. I'm on a mission. That is who I am. Being on this mission and it it really excites me knowing that I have the potential to like change, literally change someone's life. And I know that sounds cliche to say, but I know from, from what I've came from and in my background and, and nothing's ever been given to me. And now I'm living this just amazing life because like this, all these tools, all these things that we're talking about, I put into, put into place. So that just, I mean, that just energizes me alone right there. And, and for me personally, a, a big energizer is, is Jesus like that. Like I know no matter what I do through my day, like everything's already taken care of. He's got the plan. I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress about it. Sure. I do still worry and stress at times, but I know that that's where I can rest my faith and my confidence in Jesus. Hey coach, a quick interruption from this episode for a mention from our supporters who without them, this podcast would not be possible by using the links I mentioned in these advertisements. It enables me to continue providing this podcast for free for you. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR, that's ARMCHAIR in all capitals, to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Listen up, fellows, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. 
the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weed. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and hairs in our holes looking nice. Now back to the podcast. So you're energized by a purpose. You're energized by a peace of mind. And uh, obviously, there's some some extra things like coffee that you mentioned as well outside of that. But uh, maybe then you've talked about banishing negative thoughts in, ther- in terms of keyword thought stopping. Are there any other mechanisms that you use to help your athletes uh, become aware of these negative thoughts and then how to change them? Yeah, absolutely. So one of them talking about the, these words, we all grow up hearing certain words mean certain things and it's just built into our subconscious. So with athletes, I'll give you an example is I'll always ask a player when I first get with them, when was your last shooting slump? And I can already see their body language are kind of drooping. Like, you know, uh, three games ago, I couldn't make a shot. I was horrible. And, and then I'll ask them, hey, when was your last shooting hippopotamus? And they'll look at me kind of crazy like, David, what are you talking about? But the point is, it's just a word. Like we create that word that creates these feelings because it's built into our subconscious and what we grow up hearing. These words don't have to mean what we think they do or what the world says they are. It's the same thing as failure. Like I love, I love failing because I know that I am growing from that. I don't think it's just a way to learn and grow. I think it's the ultimate only way to learn and grow is through having these failures. And same thing we talk about like with confidence. Confidence isn't a cocky term. Confidence is being self-aware of who you are and the true gifts you've been given and what you're doing your purpose for. So yes, redefining these vocabulary is, is, is very big. And for, for athletes in general, because it's such a, such a results driven game, whatever sports you're playing is, is, is just detaching yourself from the result. And that's, I know people like to say, just focus on the process, kind of a cliche saying, but ultimately making sure that you are tracking that and doing that. So for my NBA players, we don't, we don't talk about, never talk about points per game, shooting percentages, none of that, those, those stats that everybody else looks at, but we figure out where their best shots are. Like where is their, their ultimate best shot? So for example, we were talking about Norm earlier. Here's the best at catch and shoot and getting to the rim in transition. And we count. That all we do is track how many times did you get to those shots? Now, I don't care if you missed all of them. I know you're going to make them. You put in the work. You put in that, that practice that you're going to make those shots. I just want to make sure we get there, and that's what we track. And there was a span of like 15 games we went through through the regular season and playoffs. That, that's all he shot, and he was very, very successful because he wasn't worried about the results, but instead is solely focused on the process. And once again, not just saying it, but actually having ways to track it. Well, definitely you lit me up when you said detachment. And that's always something that uh, has stuck with me, you know, from studying Zen and Eastern philosophy and this concept of separating oneself from one's own thoughts or opinions. And that's ultimately the goal for a player is to be able to play with this detachment, especially from their ego. And I'm imagining at your level, you're dealing a lot with ego. Yes. Yes. So ego. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you've probably read Ryan Holiday's book. Ego is the enemy. Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah, great book. Great book. But yeah, I'm dealing a lot with ego, but dealing even more so than that is dealing with entitlement, dealing with uh, dealing with the the feeling that they deserve something that they haven't worked for as much as as much as it is ego. I mean, guys will have it, but but that you know what? That's like to to my to my point. Like I don't I don't have to work with those guys anymore that I don't want to work with. But yeah, just taking away their ego and, and, and letting them know, like showing them that they're more than just a basketball player that they they're doing, they're, they're using their platform for something so much bigger. Now, these guys that, that want to just live the lifestyle and don't actually enjoy the basketball. So as, as it is, that might be a little bit harder to change, but it, at the core majority of guys, majority of people in general have a burning desire to do something more than just, what their identity says they are. So yeah, deal a lot with ego, but it's not, I don't think it's the driving force that really is so prominent. A lot of these guys that, that I've been around, I've been around a lot of them are at the core caring people. It's just, they get, they they get their ego kind of inflated because people are treated, they're just yes men to them. And there are people that are just treated, just telling them, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. But what they really want is just to be treated like a normal person. They're all, everybody's a, every, when you realize that, that everybody, no matter what their status is, is just a person with all the same struggles we all have. Like then we can treat people in this, in this manner, like these NBA guys, they, they want to be just treated like normal people and not, and that's where I come in as a life optimization coach is sure. I'm going to encourage them. Yes, but I'm not going to be their Yes, man. I'm not just going to say everything they're doing is the right thing. Like, and then they respect that. So I think having somebody in your corner like that is, is big for anybody, athletes, for coaches, for anybody in life. Having somebody who can be a, tr- a genuine truth teller to you is very important. So as you're talking, and it's interesting to hear the perspectives, uh, which are great. And as you're talking, it's kind of sticking with me a little bit that routines are important, but at the same time, routines can be bad, too right? Routines can lead to this formation and this repetition of these bad habits. So to a certain extent, when you change a habit, do you also have to change the routine that leads to that habit? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I think if if you have to see what, if your habits are positive, if it's feeding into yourself, if it's feeding into others, that's a, another, along with the 1%, I talk about it pouring into yourself 1%. These 1% steps are pouring into yourself so that you can pour into others. And that it also means like when everybody I love that point you make because when everybody thinks about habits and routines, they think about good things. They think about these good things that are going to improve your life. But it's the same way. Like you have to take away these, these these bad habits and and substitute them for these good habits. And that's a process. It's just like when you're it's not always like in nutrition, it's not always the food you eat, but it's the food you don't eat. Same thing in habits. It's not always the habits you do. But it's also the habits that you avoid and the routines lead us into these habits. So, yeah, looking, taking a and I think a lot, I think everybody should just take a, a time to review, to have time to analyze like themselves, to actually self-reflect. I'm very big on that. I do it absolutely every single evening in my evening routine. I have a thing I call the big three where I have three things, I write it down every every night that I'm going to focus on for the next day. So I know I'm not going to have to wonder, okay, what am I going to do? Like, 
this or this or that. Like I know exactly what my main points are going to be. And I'll reflect on that. I'll reflect on it at night and see where I did do something, didn't do something, have a kind of like a small self-analysis. And then each week I'll have a longer self-analysis on the weekends, once a month, a little bit longer, and once a year, a full immersion. So I think it's really important that we're able to track ourselves as far as in, in that term too, as analysis to see our process in, in, in the good habits that we build, but also the bad habits that we're able to detach ourselves from. Well, and I like that you called your book pivot and go because pivot seems to imply again, that it's not this necessarily this, everything's a massive change. Sometimes it's just a pivot. Right. Just uh, I mean, we would consider that saying, OK, well, sometimes I'm just going to turn a little to the left and it's a different perspective. And that might be enough. And I think too often people get bogged down in habit changes saying it's got to be this massive, big solution. But it's not, is it? No. Yeah, it's you're exactly right. It's a pivot. And the term is a basketball term. Like it's for when you defend it, all these defenders on you, you can't see the hoop, you can't see any open lanes and you just make this small, slight turn, a small, slight turn and everything opens up. So it's the same thing. We might be stuck and stuck and stuck and think we have to make this big daunting change all in once. But all we have to do is make a small little pivot. Look at something from a slightly different perspective that can lead you ultimately to opening up an entire new perspective. Like just a quick example for myself. I thought I was playing in the NBA. I poured every ounce of my day, my life into playing in the NBA. At 23 years old, I was playing in a second division in Northern Spain, the Basque region, this a joke of a league of basketball. And I got cut. So everything I'd poured into my whole life had been taken away from me, turned upside down, rubbed in the dirt. But the small pivot I made was understanding that all that I had put into learning how to make myself a better player was actually how to coach others and teach them how to become the best player that they can be. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool to be able to kind of go through both those both those states and both those processes to be able to get to where you are and obviously useful experience. And that's got to be a huge part about your job, honestly, is sharing experience, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's nothing that trumps experience. I mean, if it, it, there literally isn't. You just have to go through the fire. You have to learn out of your mistakes and understand that, you. yes, you, you have a vision of where you want to get to. It's going to take time. It's going to take that 10 years to become an overnight success. And you're going to fall off many times. But that's okay because nobody who ever was successful or made it to made it to wherever they wanted to be didn't go through these difficult times. So no straight line to success. And, yeah, knowing that this experience, whether it's good whether it's bad, everything is an experience that can be used to shape you, to refine you, to chisel you to the more truer version of yourself, who you are always becoming. And and in that same breath, like I'm a big believer that we're always becoming. There's never a point that we just hit it and we know it all. Like when anybody like isn't open to other people's opinions, then that's when they're going to stop growing. But I like even when I do basketball camps in different countries, like I pick some stuff up from youth basketball camps in Japan where I learned something like because I was open to that, that continued growth. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a fun process, this this learning and growing. But it's 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 also understanding that it's it's going to take a lot of time to get to where you want to get to. And that's okay. It's perfectly okay, and uh, I've heard you talk about it. So maybe let's uh, bring it out here as a swag reel. 
Can you, yeah. can you talk about that and then how that impacts a player and what the ultimate goal is? Yeah, sure. So that's another tool in the seven steps of confidence is a swag reel. And what that is, is basically your highlight reel. And whether you're an athlete or someone who's in just normal business, you've all had this time that you were just in the zone where just you were at your absolute best. And the swag reel for my NBA players, we'll put together clips of their best games or best moments. And I'll have them watch it every morning when they wake up. I'll have them watch it before they step on the floor for practice and before they step on the floor for the game. So this is just engraving the in their muscle memory, in their and their habits that this is the person they can be. They've been there. They've physically done this before, performed at this level before. So that's who they are. Not this this person that everybody might be doubting or or saying is something has is a weakness. And I saw this really clear through a player that I worked with when I was coaching with the Nets. He got called up from the the D League at the time, and it was he was on a ten day contract. He had a few stints in the NBA that hadn't really panned out. And uh, he's like, man, this is my last chance. His name is Sean Kilpatrick. And he's like, I'll, I'll do anything it takes to make this team. And so that's what we did. We literally, in, in we're playing the Lakers that next night, we had no chance to change things in his game, but we could change his thought of himself, his confidence, his mindset. So we put together this reel of him with Cincinnati clips, even his high school days back in White Plains, New York, and where he was just dominant. Like he was the man. And we watched it time and time and time and time again. So that when he stepped on the floor versus the Lakers, like he absolutely changed the atmosphere, the dynamic of the game because he wasn't living in this guy of, oh, I failed in the NBA. What if I don't make this? What if I can't do it? But he lived in this, I am this, this killer mentality, this Cincinnati player, this White Plains, New York player of who I know I am. And he changed the tempo of the game. Like he and he ended up getting a, another 10 day. He got a contract to the end of the year, even got a three year contract after this season. So seeing how effective that was. For him, knowing that hey, we are the thoughts that we tell ourselves, like we talked about earlier, we are, we have been at our best before, we can be at our best again, and we can live in that confidence that we are. Well, and it's such an actionable thing. Like, there's no reason for a player at any level not to have some type of swag reel. Absolutely. So, with that, then we develop this self awareness, which builds our true confidence. What are some of the roadblocks along the way? Yeah, the roadblocks are, are, are self-doubt. The roadblocks are when we don't see results, when we go through these seasons of drought. The, res, the, the roadblocks are what other people might say our identity is or who we have to be or what we have to live up to. Uh, roadblocks might be thinking we have to continue to like live in the what ifs. Like, what if I can't keep this performance up? What will other people think of me? There's a lot of roadblocks that are all driven basically from our self defense we are the pat beverly of ourselves we defend ourselves because we fill ourselves we let these roadblocks stop us instead of just basically one, one of my favorite terms and and i was talking to some of the other day is 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 just is just grit my grit literally sums up everything like that is the toughness that is the relentless consistency it is just having grit and the biggest the biggest key to getting to where you want to get to, and I know this is going to sound kind of like too much of an easy answer, but it's the ultimate truth is just not giving up. It's just continuing to fight, continuing to go on. Even when things are hard for a year or you're not seeing the fruit of your labor, 
Like you know that you got everything that you're doing on a daily basis is preparing you for an opportunity to come. And you don't know when that opportunity is going to come. And it might come in a completely different wrap box than you think it's going to come. But that opportunity will come at some moment. That's like with one of my players, one of my best friends, Jeremy Lin, is he prepared for that opportunity that led him to Lin's sanity. Every day he prepared for that opportunity. Now, he didn't know when it was going to come, and it almost didn't come, and 12 things had to happen on that day for him to even be able to step on the floor. But because he prepared for the opportunity daily, he was so ready for it. He took advantage of it and never looked back. So small 1% steps will get you where you want to be. Is it really that simple? Like, can we really go to a player and say, hey, listen, small 1% steps will get you to where you want to be? Yeah, it's, I mean, it is that simple, but it's not that simple. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear the answer that it's going to take time, but it is. And that's where it really is another tool in the seven steps of of unshakable confidence is confidence through comparison. Show these players somebody who they can be like, somebody that they look up to and show their path. Like they've gone through this journey. They didn't get there overnight. I mean, unless you're picking LeBron James, maybe, but they they had to go through the struggle. They had to go through these one percent steps, and and once these players understand, okay, they they did it, so can I. And then they start seeing the impact of these. Like even a one percent step for players that I work with is 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 nutrition, and they see me how I eat and how my energy is all the time, and they start doing it because I'm doing it, and then they see how much they like it, and that's it's just a step by step process that you piece on there. So it's. It's a tough thing for to tell anybody that it's going to take time, but it's also a refreshing thing to know that all it takes is just 1% steps. Like if you're just continuing to go up, take these steps up, and you can look at the end of the day and, and say that you won the day, like you improved in some area of your life, whether it's your career or whether you're a basketball player, whether it's loving your family. Like if you improved 1% and you know you have that little daily win, like that's where it just continues to build. And, and I think people really underestimate what you can do. They overestimate what you can do in a, a year, but really vastly underestimate what you can do in 10 years, five years. Like think about the way you were five years ago. Like I'm in a completely different spot. Like I pivoted in a completely different spot. It's only five years. So if we take these steps, the compounding effect, like I talked about earlier, is the most powerful thing that we can have. But just it's it all comes back to that understanding that it's it's going to take time and you can take these one percent steps. You will get there. It's just going to take a lot of time. My last question is is really it's a compliment because I've I've seen you talk about this and address this and then the importance of of educating uh, players about wanting to be educated and wanting to be coached which I think is paramount to all this is explaining the why, right? And I think sometimes as coaches, we shy away from, ex- we, maybe we might complain, oh, well, my players aren't vulnerable enough to change. Well, have we ever explained vulnerability? Have we ever taught what vulnerability is to them? Because often they wouldn't know unless we teach it, right? So true. Such a good point. And it's like, these words that we say, like vulnerability, like, cool. Yeah, it sounds great. Now show me how to do it. People say, teams will say culture. Okay, that term gets thrown around a lot. What does that actually mean? How do you actually do it? So yes, these things that you want, if you, if, basically, if you're a coach, 
write down all the complaints that you have about your players. Then look at yourself and say, have I taught them exactly what these things mean? Because the players aren't going to ask, hey, coach, what's vulnerability mean? You have to show them. You have to, one, you have to tell them. You have to show them. You have to give them actionable tools to how to apply it to their life. And you have to live it yourself. If they don't see you living what you're preaching, like they're, they're not going to buy into you. That's why I show up every single morning when I'm working players out 6 a.m. with all kinds of energy, positivity. Like I'm going to live everything that I'm preaching. And that is the biggest. I mean, that that formula right there will kick you out of any of these these complaints that you have or things that you think are happening to you. You can change that. You can make these these type of pivots and change this mindset atmosphere of your team. Well, I guess you just said that. So I want to ask one more question. And that is, how much time do you find that you still do physical training with players, but how much time do you find that you spend on the mental side versus the physical side? Oh, much more on the mental. Um, We'll do physical training. It'll be maybe two hours maximum on court, but it's the other 22 hours is, is how you're going to actually improve. So you're ready for that actual performance on court but i'll do much more with the mental throughout the season just throughout and it doesn't it's not like it has to be like oh okay it's mindset training time like it is at 7 a.m and we're on the court it's okay now we're gonna sit down and mind no it's what you it's the whole lifestyle that you're living it's it's the like i'll text players after the games or when it do we'll do facetimes we'll do different ways but it's just constantly being there in their corner and over time their mindset changing their mindset so it's 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 much more mindset. I, if anybody, if athletes or coaches take anything out of this, it, let it be that. Like the, the mindset shapes everything. You're not going to get full performance out of your players, your team, unless they have this type of unshakable mindset. Well, I love this. I love this conversation. Uh, DavidNurse.com to be able to find out more information. And his book, Pivot and Go, is available on Amazon and uh, wherever books are sold, basically. But uh, here's the most important part on your bio, future best-selling author. It's exactly what you talked about, about manifesting and putting forward your future uh, before it actually happens. And I love that. And if anyone can take away something from that, it's from this podcast, it's that to be able to get players to be able to have a future vision of themselves being successful. Yeah, absolutely. Can I give you one one more point? Like on my fridge, I have my book Pivot and Go cut out of the New York Times bestselling list and at the top of it. So I'm living in that. I'm seeing that every day. I have a picture of myself speaking in front of an audience of 100,000 people. Like my face is cut out and put on that. That's going to happen at some time. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Even one of my players, Domatis Sabonis, Two years ago, he was coming off the bench. He wanted to become an all-star. Like, that's what he wanted to be. No one would have thought he was going to be, but he put down he's going to be an all-star in 2020 on February 18th in Chicago, like super specific. And he had that with him every day, and he saw that every day. So he manifested it and lived in it. So, yeah, that's a great that's a great way to wrap it up. You, you speak it into existence, you live in it, and it will happen. Well, can't thank you enough for sharing the game with us, David. Chris, thank you, man. Been an honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and to give the Basketball Podcast and this week's guest a shout out on social media to show your support for us sharing the game. And to stay up to date on all things Basketball Immersion, subscribe to our newsletter at basketballimmersion.com newsletter.